Hello and welcome to the second episode of The Redo with your hosts, John Yang and Margot Sito. Today's episode, we will cover weekly updates of our lives, our writing, and the never-ending subject of dating and Tinder. Hi, Margo. Hey, John. How, so, yeah, I haven't talked to you in, what, was it at least two it's weeks? It's been about two weeks. Oh, my holy cow. So, what have, so have you been? What have you been up to? Well, here's the thing. I think uh, your social life has been a lot more exciting than mine. Um, <laughs> as, as we continued, I basically just go swimming every day. Um, so, my social life has, has been pretty, pretty non-existent. Um, I have left the house once in a while, but not really. Um, you know, I, I, I'd say I leave the house maybe like at this point twice a week. Uh, you know, okay. I've, been to, I've been to a trivia night. Um, Ooh. I went I went to a club in San Diego, which is very rare. I, As in like I a, never go to clubs. Like a, nightclub? A, night, a real nightclub where you have to dress up and wear, Were wear you shoes. In, in like P- at PB, like Pacific Beach? There are no nightclubs in you? PB. Come on. Uh, it's all downtown, but it's like a club. You know, you have to dress up and people like stand in line mm-hmm. and you pay cover, even though we didn't. Um, and I was like, well, we might as well go not. because, you know, um, in Taiwan, I go to clubs all the time. And they only have clubs in Taiwan. Whereas in San Diego, we never go to clubs because they're the uh-huh. lame. Um, yeah. But we went. And yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> was it awesome? Were you like, I'm old? Or are you like, ew, was everyone doing Patron shots? What's happening? Here? No, it's, it was nice because people were dancing. You know, in, in Taiwan, no one dances mm-hmm. until like everyone's drunk. But we'd only, we only stayed at the club for maybe an hour. And then I went to one of my usual, one, you know, like a lounge where there's actually better music and dancing. So like... I went to a different oh. place. Like after an hour, I'm like, right, I'm good. I've, I've been here. Let's go to a real place. You still got it, John. Don't worry. You make yourself sound like an old man sometimes, but I'm like, no, you still this got it. This is in the span of two weeks is what I, I went out once. I've been back here home for a month. I've gone out <laughs> once. Okay. Well, okay. What kind of trivia night was it? Was it like a subject specific one? Was it like cutthroat one? Was it chill? Was it easy? Like what was the vibe? So apparently there's this uh, squad and they go every week and they're competing in sort of like a, like a three month, three month trivia contest. And I was like, yo, you know, I'm pretty good at trivia. You know, I have I have a theory about sort of trivia teams and like how to assemble them. Uh, and mm-hmm. I get that. I'm like, it'll be fun, you know, whatever it is. Uh, one, didn't love the venue. And two, on that team, there's this guy. His name is actually Juice. So he stole my name. Uh, his real name <laughs> is Juice, though. Like, you know, and he's like a savant. So 85% of the questions he already knows, which is kind of like, I, I don't really need to go. I was useful for like a couple questions and the last question I, I kind of like guesstimated correctly. But, you know, when one person knows 85% of the questions, you don't really need to be there, right? Well, moral support. Uh, I mean, they're not my friends. Maybe. maybe. Okay. <laughs> Here's the okay. key point. Uh, I had one friend there and everybody else is like, basically, I just met other acquaintances. So I don't really do trivia. I don't have enough friends who do trivia nights. So like, I always go with people I don't necessarily know that well. I'm surprised, actually, because you're such a big board game nerd. I feel like that goes hand in hand with trivia nerds. No? Hmm. Uh, well, the big sort of the problem in my life is that my friends don't actually like playing games. So when I when I go to meetups, every city I move to, I will go to meetups where I'm looking for random strangers to play board games or just like random friend groups I can like jump into or, or whatever it is. Are you in a meetup now? Is it weird because you're back in your hometown, but there's not a lot of people there you know still, right? Oh, no, no. I'm in a non-social mood. I don't want to hang out with anybody. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, then you did, you did a lot. You did a lot. I, You know, I, I do what I can. For um, a non-social person. Yeah. Let's move on to you. That's, this is not talking about my boring life. <laughs> okay. The past couple of weeks, like, let's do a quick rundown and then I'll, like, kvetch about the one thing yeah. that's been eating at me. Yeah, yeah. But, um... Let's just see. Oh, well, one of my good Australian friends was in town. One of my, my coworkers from Melbourne, if I say that uh, pretentiously. And it so happened to be the Australian Football League finals. So we like, I wasted all this lift money trying to find a place that was showing the AFL finals. They called a place and they were like, yeah, we're showing it. We went there and they weren't fucking showing it because they apparently it's specifically on Fox Soccer. So I was like, what the hell? I called. You said, yeah. I was like, damn. Okay, so I've got to go to another bar. And we just like took a took a chance on like um, a British pub that shows a lot of soccer. So they were showing it. All Aussies everywhere. It was insane. Um, I don't really follow AFL, but it was cool going with this friend. You don't follow not really, but it was cool going with this particular friend. Hello, Chris, if you're listening, um, because he actually took me to my first and only AFL game in Melbourne. So it's cool that kind of a full circle thing. But it, yeah, there you go. Um, so if you need to know where to watch AFL. I can give you one recommendation in San Francisco. <laughs> go to Mad Dog in the Fog in a lower hate. 
Uh, that was cool. Uh, I had a birthday. Holy crap. So I'm in my mid-30s oh, now. That's right. Happy birthday. Well, th- you had a birthday recently as well. So happy birthday well, to you. Well, but a long time ago. Well, not that long ago. Just a few weeks uh, before me, I believe. What did you do for your birthday? It was it was very chill. Like It was on a Tuesday. Like Nowadays, I actually don't really do much for my birthday. It's totally not like a, I'm depressed or I'm sad. It's just more, I realize that <laughs> I, I do what I want to do most of the time anyway. Yeah. I'm a brat. So, yeah, there's no reason for me to do something extra special on my birthday because it's like, oh, I already went bungee jumping, you know, in my life. I already took this cool trip, many, many cool trips. Did, did, did surprising people like wish you, I mean, sometimes it's like a surprise, like somebody would be like, happy birthday. Oh, it's so nice to hear that's from you. That's true. Right? That's true. Actually, you know, on, on a tangent there, I think the way in which people communicate happy birthday is interesting now because standard right is facebook i mean i don't remember anyone's birthday unless it's on on facebook yeah that's fine and then from there some people choose to to personal message you or direct message you some people choose only to um text you and some people email you i just think it's kind of does anybody call you no one but i don't call anyone so that's really fine i have a a tiered system for uh birthday stuff oh yeah are people on a tier oh like well i mean i I think that you know well i used to be really big into friends birthdays so Uh pre-facebook pre-stuff i used to remember everybody's birthdays and that's when i would sort of like i'd stand out as a good friend because i'd remember people's birthdays even though if i don't know them but when facebook came along no i had birthday i had a web page dedicated to people's birthdays oh that's so nice of you if we were friends then you'd be on there and i would check in like just text them or email (laughs) them or something um, but now I, I think that when people like, for example, if I want to know who's not really your friend, I would look uh-huh. at your Facebook account and see who says happy birthday to you on Facebook, because those are the people who are not really your friends. They're just like, oh, happy birthday. Mm. <laughs> well, it's like a mixture. It's a mixture. The funniest to me was like with my, my the couple of brothers that I live with are like happy birthday on my Facebook. Really? <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks. I, oh. I'm looking at you right now, but thank you. <laughs> Again, you never know. It's a, yeah. Some people come out of the woodwork and you're like, oh, Oops, I didn't write on your wall for your birthday. Sorry. And then the big thing that happened, um, my so my PayPal account got hacked. And I feel like nowadays everyone's shit gets hacked. So somebody starts talking about it. Sometimes I tune out. <laughs> and I realize me saying it is kind of dumb. But the reason why it's worth talking about it, because it was really this, the way it was done. You've never been was, hacked before? Uh, no, I've had, I've, I've had a debit card um, hacked before. Oh. But not my, not my PayPal account. But the weird thing about it was this. And I don't know what the long game is or what the purpose of it was, whether it was like a mistake or a prank or something else, because this hacker or hackers or, or computer program, whatever, um, basically placed orders with a lot of different companies. So <laughs> the thing I would, that made me almost more mad than the actual funds being used with the companies that were being ordered from, I was like, Uggs, Crocs, Nautica, Ew. <laughs> let's re- let's rewind real quick. Let's rewind real quick. Yeah. What what do you have in your PayPal account? You have money in there. I don't have that much money in there. It's I attached to a credit card or something. A debit, right? I got it. Right. Okay. okay. So I started getting these weird messages, and then I couldn't see all the the transactions initially. So that's when the PayPal customer service representative was like, "Are these also yours from Crocs and Uggs?" Was it like an <laughs> insult. Like, You're like, "This is definitely yeah. not me." I was like, "Excuse me." I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> what else did they buy? Um, some Nine West shoes, which I do like Nine West, but I saw all the shoes they ordered and I was like, these are hella ugly. Um, uh-huh. And Under Armour, which I'm not familiar with, but it was just oh. some child sneakers and basically three packages from each company. So, and the weirdest, the weird thing is that like they actually have my information on there. So I'm getting these packages. They're not being sent somewhere else and being oh. sold for profit. They're coming like, to I'm house? staring. I'm staring at 12 of them in my, no. front of my face what? like right now. So I was Do like, I them? don't understand. No, I'm going to, I, I oh. called all the companies. I'm going to return them. Um, and I, you know, I will be charged a return fee and blah, blah, blah. And they'll be flagged as like this fraud. Like Santa, like, but not when you want. But not like, I'm much like what, that's why it's weird worth talking about because i'm like i don't understand what the scam is like is there all is it i mean i'm like is it a prank was it a mistake or is there a longer game happening uh-huh. here which i don't understand it is so i had to call my bank and paypal and each company yeah. and i still have to, I still have to return all this shit but apparently the same company is somebody tried again this is a good time for me to plug uh i have a personal holiday on october 10th every year where i change all my passwords it's one. It's one o one o. You know, it's for binary. So I think this should become National Password Changing Day. 
That if is you need, brilliant. If you need help with that, um, just just tell me. I'm really good at coming up with password systems that you can remember. Okay. Change passwords. That is brilliant. I don't know <sighs> I did it this year, but yeah, in theory. Okay, yeah. I had to, I mean, obviously, I had to change some of mine now. Um, and plus the, the Yahoo account as well. Because <laughs> I didn't uh, pay attention enough to when Yahoo sent out an email recently about... Yes, you need it to getting change hacked. it. Yep. And so I got locked out of my account. I had to reset it, but that was not nearly as big of a headache as the PayPal shit, but it had just happened as well. I was like, oh man, damn this digital age. I'm like totally tempted just to go live in a cave. Don't. You can't. You're too young for that. Am I know I you're young? older now. You're older now, but you're still too young for that. You can't go in the cave. All right. Everything's I'm going to start putting like money in my mattress or something like that. <laughs> just do what I do. Have no money. Like, or just have oh, no money. Yeah, that's about out? to be I have me. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> about to be me. Uh, all right. So that's... Uh, what I have for my weekly rant, I guess, or update. So some good stuff, some bad stuff. You know, that's life. That's life. But you have exciting things happen too. Sure. Don't we, we do. all? Oh, oh, okay. I mean, I don't know. Did you? <laughs> well, should we, should we segue into the next section? Um, you know, so uh, arguably we are scheduled to have a writing retreat, uh, you and I. <laughs> yeah. We, we've tried to have a writing treat before, um, a little bit unsuccessful, but it was nice. Um, oh, I actually, did, I, did you get my book proposal that I sent you? Oh, crap. I didn't open the email. I'm yeah, so it's fine. sorry. I mean, no, it's, this is great. I mean, this is what we're here to talk about. Uh, I haven't done a lick of writing since I've been back. You a lick of writing? Yeah, I mean, you haven't either, I'm sure, right? <laughs> like just some notes here and there, but not really. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I'm supposed to be writing a book proposal. Um, and in theory, you're supposed to be writing something. And both of us should be doing something. Uh, writing related right because we're writers mm-hmm. right. Um, so we say so we say and you know so this article talks about like freelance writing and a lot of times i'm like oh i should just practice articles that's what you're supposed to do right if you want to be a freelance writer you just sort of practice some articles or you try to send them in and pitch and do all these kind of things and so in this particular article she says you should be collecting rejections like you want to collect 100 rejections a year and don't count how many of them are accepted instead um what mm-hmm. do you think about that i guess fantastic when oh. you sent me that article, I was like, wow, all you need to do is change, you know, it changes your perspective on things. Because I think for a lot of people, especially I think artists or, you know, writers, anyone applying to anything, essentially, you're so afraid of rejection that sometimes it's easier just to not even try, which is stupid. Because um, you have that, you don't want, you don't want that sting. But if you're like, I'm deliberately trying to get rejected, then like, what you have, it's like you have nothing to lose. Right, so you're like you just try anyway. How how uh, high is your fear of rejection for writing? I think it's extremely high. Every writer is supposed to be high, right? Is that the thing? I would say so. Yeah, I don't know if mine's different in that because I got lucky enough when I fell into my writing career that it, there was already a path for me, and um, and when I became freelance, like again, it was very easy for me to get work, and so I, since I haven't been in that world for a while now, I'm kind of feeling like. Uh, very behind developmentally like I'm like I don't really know what it's like to feel that type of rejection so often which is more normal you know some writers kind of like have a badge of honor like they're like I have a box of thousands of rejections I should do that we should do that that. I mean how does it make you feel I mean I've never freelance written before so I don't know you know I don't don't... you've always had whatever you're supposed to write it's like guaranteed to be published as well uh I mean not guaranteed but more you know uh and I don't really do like articles I've never tried to do any of that kind of stuff but I would like to Mm. Um, arguably, and I read stuff. And I'm like, oh, I think I could crank out a thousand words about some topic, and I should just pick it and go, right? Uh, yeah. But yeah, I've never sort of had to suffer the rejection issue, except through. No, I've been rejected, but not through like article stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I right. don't actually feel bad about rejections because I sort of go into it sort of thinking like, I don't know if it's good enough or whatever. You know, like I'm like, ah, if it's good, it's good. It's not, it's not. And like that's it. That's a good attitude to have. I think, like, for me, like, again, with my lack of, I mean, not that I haven't been rejected before, but in terms of, like, I've never had to, I really had to write, like, a whole article and have it be rejected and then be like, what the hell do I do with this wonderful work? <laughs> or, like, you kind of... That's what feels okay, painful. Kind of. You're just, like, you put in all this time, right, energy, and you think it's, and you think it's, I mean, you don't, it might be the best, but you're just like, I think it's good enough. Um, so then I understand that it's normal to peddle it somewhere else. And like, but I guess initially it's hard to feel like that's not, you know, you're like, oh, this is used goods or like whatever. I mean, as normal, but like the other publications don't necessarily know that you've already tried somewhere else. Like it's, it's still good. If it's still good content, if it's still fresh, like 
it's so cool. But I think you get that feeling. You're like, oh god, this thing has been has been through the ringer. Like, what should I do? Um, and to a lesser degree, I feel that way with like pitches that get uh, rejected as well. You're kind of like, I put in so much energy into doing this. Like, uh, I'm kind of like tired of being like sucked out. You know, my my How does energy. How pitch go like for this kind of thing? Like, you're you're already working on staff or something, right? And then you pitch them, like, I want to write an article about this? Yeah, it depends. yeah, I guess it depends, like, what your situation is. Like, if you're already working for a publication or you have a good relationship with it, then obviously your pitches will be a lot more, um, they'll be more receptive to it, but as opposed to random things. And I guess the hardest thing would be if you pitch something and maybe, like, the timing is a little bit off and then later on you see that publication doing that story. Hmm. You didn't write it, but you're like, damn it, I fucking told you that. <laughs> But it was a little bit too early, maybe, or whatever, whatever. That, I mean, I guess, yeah, people feel that way about various projects and whatnot all the time. But, um, yeah, I guess you just always feel like you're being kind of drained or, like, used. And, uh, oh, man, this is like, boo-hoo, poor me. This is why why the rejections need to happen more. Like, we're both need to get get back into that groove. Yeah, yeah, because I think we both have had maybe unconventional ways into, like, getting into writing careers and so this is maybe more of a okay start from the bottom again like this is like those kids who are you know succeed too early and then you're afraid to try you know they do studies for these kids where like like well if you praise these kids that they're you know good at something and then they stop trying because they can't get a's this is exactly what happens right wow that's i think that's true john (laughs) oh it is true i mean this is this is they've done studies on children of course it works no i don't know uh you know but they say that if you you know they'll have Kids are like, okay, you are a really good student. You're really smart. And, you know, they just praise them early. But then what happens is they're afraid to fail. So they mm-hmm. don't. Whereas the kids don't who, even in try. theory, right. are just like, oh, you're average or something like that. They don't necessarily feel like they are fearful of rejection because like, like, you know, maybe I get rejected all the time. It's fine. And so like, in a way, they have more self-confidence. Yeah, they just keep going. Yeah. Right. And in the real world, that's that matters more than getting good grades or so to speak or what or whatnot. Yeah. Being good is not necessarily. I mean, I think, well, I guess being good is important. <laughs> is, is being good important? <laughs> that's a whole other can of worms, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's another topic, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I generally, I generally feel like the idea behind 100 Rejections is that you just got to push through it and you just got to keep on going and going and going. And even if you only get a few things published, it's better than zero. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But 100 Rejections is a lot. Is it per year? I, I mean, I don't know. That's like two a week, right? Mm. Which is why that's a, it's a good number too because it, it forces, especially if you're freelancing it, like it oh. forces you to like churn out stuff consistently, right? Oh, I see. So we should aim for some rejections. By the end of the year, hmm, it's probably a good idea. I can't promise I'll reach the goal. But <laughs> this okay. This is what we need to talk about: writing problem. accountability. Have you ever had a writing accountability partner? No, somebody I, who wasn't my uh, editor. No. Right. All right. Well, you would be the closest one. I don't, I'm totally unaccountable. What are you talking about? No, but I mean, like when? Okay, so you always talk about how our um, our writing retreat in Taiwan earlier this year wasn't that successful, but for me, I, I got a lot out of it because there were a lot of. I guess foundational exercises you were making me do. Oh right. And I didn't. I still didn't finish, but I felt like I was being very productive. Oh, in that oh sense. really? Okay. Yeah, that's that good. was great. I haven't I told you over and over again. I mean, I thought it was just hyperbole. I'm like, we just I mean, no, I'm singing your praises. I'm like, John Yang is my peer mentor. Oh right, right. Uh, I mean, I'm just your hype man. <laughs> but I mean, like you know, I I had one writing partner and it was really great, and we did it for maybe like a year and a half, and you know, every week we had to turn in pages to each other whatever it was and oh it, yeah and, and it could have been good it could have been bad and we gave little notes at the time I, th- I think we were both working on books and of course i'm just like not very good at being an accountability partner but i did really enjoy it even though it's a little bit of stress in your life you know i think we were both sort of like laid back and we don't like to push each other on anything mm-hmm. so i'm not necessarily sure if we would be good accountability partners but maybe i don't know um but you've never had that sort of thing where it's like yo, once a week turn in whatever no, I haven't. Again, because I was either always always right. had editors telling me what my deadlines were, um, and that that was it. So, again, very lone wolf style, huh? I'm like like all these again, just kind of basic or elementary ways to get yourself to write more. Like, oh yeah, having the writing partner or whatever. Like, I'm like, I totally never had. I'm like, this. What's happening? <laughs> like, how do you do this? So let me ask you something. Why do we call ourselves writers if we never write? <laughs> That's just sad. Well, the farther away that I get from having had things published, the 
the more of a fraud I feel like. So sometimes I say I used to be a writer. Often I will say I used to be a writer. Um, I can genuinely say now that like I used to be a journalist. Um, this year, in terms of paid anything having to do with writing, I did one gig that was like two hours and it was editing. I don't, what do you call that? Nothing. Yeah, I'm, I kind of like I'm very wary now of calling myself a writer. Are we uh, frauds? Are we? Are you tell me. Oh, I hope not. I, mean, I haven't written anything in a year. <laughs> I guess like our, our our biggest fighting chance is that we have both been published before. So we're resting on those laurels, but we still are looking to write. We do have things in progress right now. Because so my, my, thinking, my thinking is that, you know, I always, <clears throat> people are always like, oh, you're a writer, you do this, you do this. I'm like, well, I'm not really a writer because I think real writers just write. I don't know if that, that's they can't not true. Help it, right? right, like, you know, like, they just, things come out. You know, and I'm writing stuff, but none of it <clears throat> is sort of focused. You know, I, I'm journaling, I'm blogging, I'm doing random little things here and there, but they're not really focused. So I feel like, you know, when you're, you're a writer, so-called writer, you're doing stuff that has to have the light of days. Like, there's got to be, it's got to happen somewhere, right? It has to shine. Somebody needs to look at it. It needs to be published <laughs> yeah. somewhere online, yes, you know, you. in a magazine, right. whatever. Because whoever you want can call themselves a writer. You know, you're a writer. That's fine. But I'm saying in in our sort of conversation about writing and us saying that we're writers, we're not like, oh, we write for ourselves. We're writing for, in theory, an audience. Right. Right. And in that case, we're frauds. But <laughs> we should change that. Well, what do you? Okay, but how do you feel about people who? Yes, write for themselves, which is great, but they say, like, oh, I'm a writer, and you're like, what? <laughs> okay, this is a, another subject, like, obviously, I, you know, it's great if you can write, everybody should do it, everyone, most people can do it, it's a very accessible and cheaper free, you know, thing to do for most people, so... On the one hand, yes, do that. On the other hand, I think when you meet some people who say, oh, I'm a writer and have never been published before, kind of just keep things to themselves. Like, I just don't, I, I think I just, maybe I don't get that. Um, I don't, whether it's just me being an asshole or just being like, can you explain to me more about why you have to assert this about yourself? Um, even well, let me though, ask you, when you say you're a writer, what is everybody's follow-up question? Like, What kind of writing do you do? Okay, what sorry. kind of writing do you do? Or are you working on a book? Something like that. Don't they always ask, are you published? No, they don't, actually. Oh, they don't. Dude, oh. Well, what about you? That's like almost always like the second thing that, or maybe the third question I get asked. Because of this exact factor, right? Because everybody says they're writers. You know, true, true. Like, oh, you're a like, writer. Or like, oh, what do you write? I'm like, I write books. And, like, and then eventually they'll be like, oh, are you published? Because they're trying to see like, they're trying to figure out, are you actually a writer or are you not a writer, right? Right. Fair enough. Okay, so it's not just me. I'm like, I think it's no, a no, very no. fair question. I have, you know, I'm actually, I've come to, I've thought about this question a lot because, you know, for example, uh, when you're a musician and mm-hmm. people just say, oh, I'm a musician. And that, that can span mm-hmm. a lot of things. Yes. You can't really find out if they're a musician until you hang out with them or you, you listen to their music. You know, I have a fake band with my friend because no one's going to ask you, like, oh, do you actually play this instrument? Like, no. Uh, but writing, they're like, oh, where can I see your stuff? I don't think necessarily you're a writer if you get paid to do it because I think that commodifies it a little bit too much. Hmm. But you can have, like, I like to say, like, you have the soul of a writer. Some people have a soul of a writer. They have the personality hmm. of a writer. They write for themselves. And that's still a writer. But generally speaking, yeah, I don't like it when people do that. Because I think it's a little bit of false Kind of pre- pretentious, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's pretentious. But I mean, I guess it's sort of like somebody who paints, right? They're like, I'm an hmm. artist. Are they huh. an artist? Yes. Uh, As opposed you know, to just saying, like, I like to paint? Yes, that- exactly. Oh, that's a good okay. way to say. It. I like to write. That's right. Nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe that's the, that's a good definition. Like, I like to do this. My hobby is this. Uh, something like that. Versus I would sort say of like so. I'm a writer. You know what I do notice in San Francisco, um, which mm-hmm. I do enjoy to be honest in San Francisco mm-hmm. versus other cities. People will lead with their hobbies. You know, like, as like, opposed oh, what to what do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I I I'm a musician. And then like after I meet them a few times, I'm like, wait, but what's your day job? You know. But I actually don't want to talk about their day job, so I don't care. Yeah. But the, but the context of sort of what I want to talk about, I'm glad they lead with sort of their hobby or what they do or don't do. But in trying that's to, true. Yeah, but other cities are not like that. Huh. Yeah, actually, I have been, yeah, people have been asking me, instead of saying, what do you do for work? They will say, what do you do for money? Yes. Uh, which I think is a much better question. And yes, very Bay Area. Or maybe We're all about, yeah. It's, it's also New York because everybody has various jobs. Or as as a writer, when you ask, when you meet another writer, you almost are always automatically going to talk about money, right? Because it's like, oh, what's your day job? Like because, lack thereof, right? <laughs> right, because you know what it's up. You're like, so how many jobs do you have, right? You know, like mm. we kind of know, right? Do you feel like you're almost in like oppression Olympics? Not oppression Olympics, but like poor, like Ooh, poor starving artist Olympics. Olympics. Like, 
oh, uh, I have three jobs. <laughs> you know, I work seven days a week versus six. No, I tend Do you feel that? Writers. I tend to hang out with writers who don't work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a life. I hang out with sort of people who are like writers who they're not, you know, they're trying not to work that much or they don't have to, you know, I guess they're in school sometimes or or they teach or, yeah. No, I'm not never. Are you in Oppression Olympics? Uh, no, no, that's what it is. that just actually just came up uh, right now because I was like, oh, I never thought about it that way. There's a time there. Were, there definitely have been many, many years of my life where I could have competed very well with that, but that wasn't like my thing. But was it back when it was glamorous? Like, I mean, when you're older, it's not glamorous to be like, I have four part-time jobs. No, that's just sad. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're 20, it's like maybe that's cool, but at our age, it'd be like, well, I do this, this, and this. But I'm, I'm a writer. It's like at this point, you know, okay, you're not right. I mean, is that oh, the way man. we think about it? That's how I, I think suppose about it. A so. Bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When I, whenever I, 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 yeah, I worked multiple jobs. I never was like glamorizing it i was never trying to push it in in conjunction with how that affects or my, my status as a writer never mm-hmm. uh it just so happened the way that it, that's just how it was but looking back now i'm like oh if i really wanted to be that kind of obnoxious person i could have done it but eh, yeah i used to never say ago. i was a writer i used to never say that because it's i, I didn't like where it led Mm, I didn't mm-hmm. like where the chain of questions led. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a loaded word too. So it's like, you do you want to say writer, or for me, do I do I want to say journalist? For you, do mm. you want to say author, like, mm, yeah. etc. Et and then I will always say I used to be, and that kind of tempers tempers people's expectations <laughs> a lot. I um, used to be. Uh, what's the so? What is the sort of time frame for when you age out? I have a specific number in mind. Age out for what? You know, say for example, you- like. I, I was an author. In, in mm. theory, I currently am an author. But if it's been 10 years since I published, can I still say I'm an author? Like, what's uh, the number there? Okay. What do you, you already have one. What is it? I have, but what do you think it is? I, I want you to go first. Ooh. Two years? Three oh, two. years? What is yours? Five. Well, I think because you write books, I feel like those have longer, those have staying more, more staying power than like I wrote an article. <laughs> oh, an article? Oh, a two-year. Okay, I see what you're saying. Oh, so sad. Yeah, I think books definitely have longer staying power. So I think five years sounds reasonable. So I think what we should do is for our next follow-up question when we meet other people who are writers or something, mm. we should be like, okay, when was the last time you published? And them, actually, <laughs> no, you're not. To, let's get straight to it. Yeah, let's let's get to the bottom of it. Like, uh, actually, you're just falsifying your history. <laughs> right? Look at us all being judgmental and like we're totally not working. No, it's fine because I don't mind being judged that way. Yeah, it's true. If I mean, else is like, you're actually not an author. You haven't published in like two years. I'd be like, yeah, you're right. It's true. Well, that's the thing when I meet new people and they're asking me like what I do, what I like to do, I can never say it with a straight face in terms of like, oh, I'm supposed to be working on a book. I'm not like, I'm writing a book, but like, I'll just laugh and I'll be like, oh, I'm working on, I'm supposed to be working on a book because I know how cheesy it sounds mm. and so cliche that I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> if you it's really want to be self Right, doesn't it? Put those bugs on, you'll feel great. <sighs> now I'm depressed, John. No, I'm not. This is great. No, you're not this because is... we're going to have a Tinder party. <laughs> Don't be depressed. This goes... No, I'm not depressed. This is a, it's a good pep talk, right? So This is a good pep talk. This yeah. goes with like 100 rejections, getting back on the horse, and having a realistic perspective, like when is the last time you actually had XYZ? So like, oh. Right, I mean, time. let's transition to rejections. I'll tell you all about rejections because I have been rejected on Tinder. I mean, I have been rejected on, on my writing, but Tinder all day long. Well, first of all, have you explained to the listeners that how you're on Tinder, but it's not real? What do you, what do you mean? You're having, it's a social experiment for you currently, oh, correct? Yeah. Okay. okay, so we're going to talk about Tinder. Uh, I'm, I'm an avid user of Tinder of all social dating media apps. Uh, am I on them to date anybody? Not particularly. Am I on them to find relationships? No. However, at one point in time, <laughs> I did want to sort of like build a dating app, and I'm just constantly interested in dating and relationships. That's what I tend to write about and think about a lot. Mm. So I'm on all these apps, and I would like to say I'm sort of like an expert. Uh, yes. I, I am a dating coach, essentially. Um, <laughs> you know, like I... I wish I was in this field. I read a lot of dating books. Uh, so I'm on I'm on this stuff. You know, A, I want to know how the app works. B, it's kind of like a social phenomenon. How can you not know about it? So that's why I'm on these things. And that's my disclaimer. That's fantastic. And again, I've repeated it. I will say this every episode necessary. John spearheaded my Tinder profile creation. <laughs> and it's been great. All right, go. <laughs> that was my inter- inter- interjection. Yeah, I, w- I want to hear about your Tinder adventures. Oh, there's so many. But <laughs> I think that's okay. Let's start with a, re- a couple, of, a recent one. I had a, a crappy date yesterday, which is rare, by the way. I'm not saying anything about myself, but I remember our last episode, we talked about, how, you know, questions to ask strangers slash new people. Hmm. I think we're both pretty good about, you know, talking to people and whatnot. Uh, this person, 
I think the lesson to me as well, I think, you know, you get that addiction to getting matches. So even though like I have like a crap, like a crap load of matches back a backlog, you still want the new, the newness of getting a match sometimes. So I've noticed a match in two months. Go ahead. <laughs> you, you must talk about that. Um, but I still be like, Oh man, I've been doing for like 20 minutes, no match. So then I'll start to like get desperate and be like, okay, well this guy's kind of cute, I guess. All right, fine. Oh yeah. Match. So I went out with one of these guys and I should have listened to my gut instinct in the first place. Um, a, his messaging was like super crappy, but to be fair, to give him the benefit of the doubt, I've had, other dates where the messaging was crappy and maybe it's just a guy thing like just terrible sure. communication and then they've been Give great me, in person like, what was so crappy about his messaging just like very like one word and like you initiated the message okay in the first place so and then you're gonna you're gonna give me one word answers and not any follow-up either a question or a new subject to talk about okay so there were a couple of times i thought the messaging just had just ended because i was like okay i guess he's not interested this is not interesting okay um like one reaction was huh so i was like oh i think this i was like i think this conversation's over i guess which is fine i won't push it and a couple of days later he like messages again trying to keep the conversation going so i was like okay fine let's try to let's try to do this um so we met up and then he, okay first of all i i was like okay I, if you want i can actually meet up tonight but the earliest i can meet up is 8 p.m and he goes okay but try to hurry like excuse me you should don't fail tell right me there. what to yeah do. what what are you talking about okay keep going i was like i was gonna be like dude i can't do any earlier than that but i was just like i'm gonna ignore that i'm sticking to my time so i agree in a time a place and time and then i'm and I, you know as a general courtesy for anyone you're meeting your friend or a date i was like okay i'll be there by this time uh he's like okay <laughs> nothing so i was like uh, are you there yet no <laughs> Sounds great. This is terrible. Right? I'm like I'm pulling teeth here. So getting there, and I at some point I was like, "How long am I gonna give this dude? I'm just gonna take my shot and beer on the road. I'm just gonna go. Either meet another friend or go home, which is fine." Um, so finally, at some point, he goes, "I'm almost there." So I think he, how late was he? 20, 30 minutes late. This is the dude who was like, "Try to hurry." I get it. Like he goes to work very early. Um, he's an iron worker, but still, it's like if if, if this time wasn't good for you. Just say no. I gave him so many options. Because he like, wanted you to go early because he needed to go to bed. Yeah, he, which I get it. But then I, I was it. like, well, we could meet up this day or this day. But no, he's like, let's go for tonight. So I'm like, you want this? You, okay, so anyway, the second I see him, I was like, ugh. <laughs> so I can't, here's the thing. Okay, maybe, I think my main point of bringing this up, it's kind of fresh. So that's why I'm bitching so long about it. Mm-hmm. I'm also a very positive and happy person, I swear. But um, is because he didn't, he wasn't quite a catfish, but like, he just didn't, he just wasn't as cute as his photos at all. And it's not right. like, so I'm like, is there a name for that? Because it's not like, it's not like he got super fat or lost all his hair. Y- yeah, there's a name for that. It's called Tinder. <laughs> but it's like, I'm such, I mean, uh, aside from like the one actual catfish I had, everyone else has been fantastic. Like oh. they look just like their photos or better. Um, so this dude, I was like, oh no. Like, the first second I saw, I was like, oh shit. So, <laughs> How long did you stay? Uh, thank goodness it was a short date. You had time to line me, though. Oh, I think he was in the bathroom. Oh, you snuck <laughs> to the bath. I should have called you. I'm sorry. He was in the... No, no, see, that's not your responsibility. It's my responsibility. So I had one drink, and I was about to be like, I'm going to go. But I was like... Then he was like, oh, you another one? I was like, fine. I guess two seems, like, polite enough. So near the end of the second one, I was like... Through my head, in my head, I was like, okay, should I just make something up? Should I just be like, oh, I had my friend? And then I was like, no, Margo, you, you should... Or should I be like, oh, I don't feel well? Because I, I, you know, I do have this cough. And then I was like, no, you should just woman up and just be like, hey, I'm cut not really feeling this. I'm going like, to cut yeah. it off. But yeah, he great. did the work for me. Like, he was oh. like, hey, I'm hitting a wall. Oh, he asked me He asked me one question the entire night also. he's. I think he is just kind of awkward with women. And was he, he still monosyllabic? Oh, I mean, he basically the only things he can really talk about are the things he put on his profile. And they're not bad things at all. But I think that's really just what he is. Like, his work and a couple of his hobbies. And he loves all of them. There's three of them cooking, fishing, and his work, like iron work, whatever. Uh, so he could talk a lot about that. And I, I, I said he was nervous. So because I, I can keep a person talking. I just kept going, kept pushing him. So there was not really a lull in the conversation because I made sure talk, that right. I kept going. But he asked me one question the entire time. I was like, who the... What was the question? What do I do for work? Something like that. And that was way later in the date, too. You're like, I used to be a writer. <laughs> Something like that. I don't even remember, like, 
Whereas I was like, I don't. How long did you spend with him, like front to back, like an hour, two hours? Maybe an hour and a half, no more than two hours. Okay, you should have a rule. If they don't ask you a question, you're out in twenty minutes. Ugh, man. As your dating coach, that's what I want to tell you. As my dating coach, I know. Well, the funny thing is, like, just earlier that day, I was like, if I ever get catfished again, I'm never gonna be so nice again. I gotta end it way sooner. But because in my mind this wasn't quite a catfish i was like uh shit here comes my nice self again being like should i give it two drinks worth of time i guess um so yeah nothing impressed me about him at all like appearance personality just nothing like timeliness like courtesy just blah so uh so we're we kind of we went partially like we had to walk part way uh Mm -hmm. home together and then we were parting ways he started talking about politics and i was like this is a no-no for our first date i think Uh um so we said, I gave him like a quick hug and I was like, Hey, and then, then he got like kind of touchy and was like, you have my number. And I was like, Oh Gross. God, I know, you know, it's bad when you report him. He got kind of touchy at the end. Like he didn't go not, for the not, kiss. He just got kind of like not grabby. super, super gross. Like considering that I was, we didn't touch at all. Like during the right. date, the end's like, Oh, you know, the hug where the hand goes down to your waist and you're like, no. Bleh. Uh, <laughs> Bleh. Yeah. Gross. Uh. thank you. And then I get a text when he gets home being like, Oh, you're like, you're, I think you're cute or whatever. And I was like, oh, God, ew. <laughs> and I was like, I think I'm going to send him a text that says I'm not really feeling it. But let me just ignore it for now because theoretically I could be sleeping. And then this morning he sent me a photo. Um, of his iron work. His view from work, which actually was pretty cool. But oh. then I was like, okay, I got to respond to him. because. What did you do to him? I just said, hey, I think you're a cool guy. I'm not really feeling it, but we can be friends if you want smiley face. But that was still a lie. Cause, a, you gave not- him that friend. A, he's thing. not cool, yeah. and B, I don't yeah. want to be his friend. But you don't, you like, don't need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then he responded, okay. So that's done and over with. But that's my bitching. Thank you, but it's like, here's, what do I, what do you call that? What do, uh, what do I do? Well, here's the thing. Uh, you know, you're spending, you're committing too much time. I know. Uh, you're committing too much time. I mean, I want to take a step back here because, you know, you, you had your, your, your rant of a story, which I understand. But but let's no. But let's step back because I want to I want to cover sort of generally speaking on Tinder. How many dates are you going on a week average? Like three to four, mm, about four to five. Three to five, yeah. Okay, so three to five. So you're you're enjoying Tinder. Yeah, for the most part, most okay. people have been like awesome and great. And we're talking about three to five second dates, first dates, kind of a mix, right? It's a mixture, yeah. Yeah, and so generally speaking, you get you're kind of getting to the groove. You know what you're looking for a little bit here and there. Or do not? Are you still just as open? Uh, I, I'm still pretty open. Okay. Like I said, a little bit more selective my swiping. Um, but like, for example, this guy last night, based on his profile, it's like, if you know me, you probably would be like, oh, I don't know if you would ever go out with him. Because I was like, oh, he seems he seems cute and cool. Like, sure, why not? But are you getting better at sort of like narrowing them down when you meet them in person? You're like, ah, uh, 10 minutes in, you're like, I'm not feeling this. Uh, yes, I think so. Or so, not? Like how, I, how soon do you need? How much time do you need before you are? Um, not, to be honest, like, actually, not that much time at all. Right, already that much time exactly. at all. How much time? Fifteen minutes. If, if even less than that. If even, oh, I'm sorry. I think that I would. I think I actually do know a lot sooner than I let myself know. But you know, okay. I'm trying to be nice. And obviously, if I think the person is attractive, I'm going to give them way more leeway. <laughs> I mean, right? Whatever. Fifteen minutes is attraction, personality, whatever it may be. You mm-hmm. don't need that much time, right? I don't think so. But yet you're spending a lot of time because you're going on a lot of first dates. That's that true? true. Yeah. But yeah. what percentage of those first dates are like good or fine? Like, you Most know, like, of them. Okay. That's why I think I spent so much time bitching about this one because this is only – I've had mm. two really bad ones. Every, every, all the other ones have been like really good. It must be nice to be blessed. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> I can – okay. Well, it's your, I have other stuff to say, but you're, it's your turn. No, you're no, no. S- no, let's talk about you. I'm just saying I think we should talk more broadly than specifically the state. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because I would sure. like to hear sort of about Tinder and your experience in general, not specifically like one person maybe, but kind of a broader view. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and what it's done for you. The gift of Tinder. The gift of Tinder, Happy yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it is a double-edged sword. Like I, I, I do have like a big variety of friends. So therefore, I am very pretty open to meeting new people, which goes over into dating as well. So the good part, obviously, there's some really cool, interesting people out there. Um, but the bad downside is like, yeah, sometimes uh, I'm a little bit too open. Like there might be people that <laughs> be like, what the yeah, hell was I thinking? This is an experience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I-, I guess I'm curious to see what you have sort of learned about A, yourself, or mm. B, sort of dating in general. 
because mm, mm-hmm. this is like you know you're you're in the intensive course right now. Yeah, it's been like I mentioned it's been a rapid and quick learning curve and up in, in in a great way for the most part. Part of it is like dating in the Bay Area as well. Um, I've been pleasantly surprised by actually how much I like the guys here because as much as I'm like SF is over and out of here, I'm like man, there's actually a lot of cool guys both who are from here and not from here. But I think because like obviously it attracts a lot of people who um, you know good good quality for sorry so like either like you love the outdoors and fitness or like you're really educated or you're very like you have a huge entrepreneurial spirit like it draws a lot of interesting people here um and i think people who do like northern california tend to be a little bit more laid back as well so i'm kind of like damn i like the area guys more than i thought i would which is like damn you don't want to leave i may do but it's i'm like why am i still here (laughs) like maybe it's because too much dating um, but you, this could be happening in any city. Yes, it could be. Well, any city where they're used to like Asian people, right? Well, so I mean, could, right. But if you move to New York, there will be right. a bigger pool of people there in theory. They just might not be the kind of people you like. But but there's a huge variety there as well. Uh, I've been going out with some people who are in open relationships. Uh, and that's mm. been really cool. Uh, yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. If anything, it's great to like know more about you know, right, their right, decisions right. and their situations. And this is, again, I'll speak to a specific incident, but I think it's interesting because I, he didn't put it in his profile and he didn't mention it the first time, but then told me before our second date, which is totally fine. And I asked, I asked why he didn't put it in his profile because most people do. Uh-huh. And um, he was saying, I think as he and his partner have been in like the poly slash kink community for a long right. time. And he finds that uh, he doesn't like a lot of the people in that community. Community. Ah, uh, I see. Uh, he's like this. He he called it. There's a lot of like quote unquote sex nerddom happening, and I started laughing because I was like, okay, I think I know what you mean. I don't know what that means. Basically, it's like almost like a show. Like, I think people try to one up each other in terms of how much they know about, about sex, right? Or just you know mechanics or equipment or whatever, everything, anything, everything. So it gets. Wait, are, are we talking about dudes? Or are we talking about everybody? Uh, probably everyone. I mean, like. When you say like sex nerd geek, like it imply like uh, who who's doing the comparison of like I know how to do this, you know how to do that. Is everyone, it- oh everyone, yeah. Oh. So I think the people women who, and the men. So according to this person, like you know, people who strongly identify as like oh I'm poly or I'm kinky, like as you know, a huge part of their identity, mm. tend to kind of fall into this like show is with this one up um, kind of mentality is el- elitism. So he's like, so I think he's when he's looking for other partners you know, who are not his main partner, he's trying to find people outside of that community. Right. So that was fascinating to me. And I, I'm one of them. Um, so it was fascinating to me. And of course, it's like a bit of a risk to him because obviously not everybody will be okay with it. Yeah, he's looking for different types of people. So... One more interesting thing he said, I mean, I, I think we get along pretty well. Uh, we'll probably see each other more. But um, he was saying that some of his his partners are only seeing him and not other people. Mm-hmm. And I was sure. like, how does that work? <laughs> sure, it works. You know, if they does it? Find it? Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, if, if, if you are only dating one person and that person is in an open relationship, like how does that work for you? I have I, friends who are in those kind of types hmm. uh, where one person is open and the other person is... I mean, they're technically in an open relationship, but one of them is not really. You know, one of them is not. Oh no, but not 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 the couple. But I mean, like if you're just one of the side pieces, oh, <laughs> shall we but say? That, that's totally normal, though. No. What if you're a side piece and you're not seeing other people, but you're or you're you as a side piece are only seeing this one person who's already in a relationship? I don't get that. But it's not cheating because they're open. And you're no, just no, no. Do you know what I'm talking like, about? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, if, like okay, like if I was only dating this guy. Sure. And no one else. I think that's strange for me. Why? Why is that strange? Uh, I think because, like, clearly this partner is seeing other people and you're not the main person. So why shouldn't you be doing the same thing? Especially the fact that you're not the main partner. Like, you are mm. a, a side piece. But they don't and want maybe to. That, maybe that's, like, a negative, you know, uh, term. But, you know, just right, to right, right. clarify who I'm talking about. That's the about. official term. I think that's the official term. Side piece? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I was like, yeah, I guess I'll ask him more about that because I... Maybe just but isn't it just a... about what the side piece feels if you know they're fine with being just the side piece knowing they have other people that's no but they don't have other people no no but if the other person does the reason why i'm saying it's normal is because a lot of times when you're just dating people like uh, you don't know if they're dating other people they don't know if you're dating other people but, but you, you should know out, yeah 
Yeah. So once you find out, you're like, well, you know, I still really like you. I just want to be with you. But, but you knowing that there's a want. there's a limit to your relationship, though, like as to where it can go, um, because this person's taken basically. So it's like, sure. why shouldn't you be enjoying dating other people as well? Uh, maybe they don't like to date more than one person at a time, right? Like, it, I don't think it has to go both ways. You have to be in the same equitable sort of space because, like, you know, they're like, well, I'm monogamous. I only want to date one person, but that doesn't mean necessarily you have to. Hmm. I mean, of course, it'd be better obviously maybe but you know they're kind of gray area they're not open they're not closed but if you're fine with it i feel like that's what's it works maybe for them or does that lead to problems i don't know i've never been in that situation but i was fascinated by that that there i was like oh i need to talk to him about that next time i see him well clearly there's only one thing to do what <laughs> you need to become the side piece i am a the exclusive side piece. you need to be the exclusive side piece no way Marco. no way no no <laughs> do it for the pod don't you want to know what it feels like <laughs> oh my no way i'm not gonna see other people yeah uh two more quick things i can tell i've been in sf too long now because there's been a couple of incidences where i'm drawing connections like small world connections between people i'm dating and people i know i'm like oh <laughs> this is when baggage comes in uh, nothing bad so far but i'm like oh been here too long time to go san francisco's not that big of a town it really isn't. Well, it's considering not. that, I'm surprised how many people there are to date or whatever okay. that I haven't run into my, you know, haven't run into people. Um, and the last thing I'll say before I want to hear from you is uh, maybe I've been on long enough to the, at this point where like one of my former matches, like, we're friends now, and he was like going through a hard time recently, so um, I had to like make him feel better or whatever. Uh, and I think I was, that's cool in that I was like, oh, like you can't can make friends from tinder even if you had like kind of a romantic sure. uh, i've made friends from there. tinder i've had oh i mean right. I don't have romantic tension but i've made friends uh, from tinder right no you mentioned this before and you sent articles but i think i think in this particular case it was like oh you you started off with like the intention of being romantic or whatever and now it's more friends which is cool and i'm a like lot oh of, a lot of and i'm, help, like and I'm, I'm helping you and i'm it's like totally no like zero jealousy like it's still the same like i want to you having problems or something i want to help you get more dates or i don't know you know stuff like that isn't that so. how a lot of friendships happen in real life though i mean i think it just mirrors i don't see you know i feel like online life and offline life are not that different i feel like people who don't online date they feel like it's such like a big different thing but i don't think it's that different it's just the medium yeah yeah that's true that's true but i guess from yeah because i'm looking at it through this particular lens right now that's it, all like the, that for me um anyway so you have updates too. <laughs> yeah i have a tinder update yeah uh, so my tinder update you know, um, I have. I think that once I've turned uh, 38, I, I stopped getting matches. I don't know if it's because I'm <laughs> in this particular city or the age change. So when I do sort of like um, these experiments, I never change my photos. I don't change my profile. I don't change anything. All I change is location, you know, and maybe some other minor things, but nothing. You know, I just want to see what happens. Um, and I didn't match for probably, you know, a, a month or two, right? Mm-hmm. and you keep on laughing at me thank you um i'm not i feel for you no it's i understand i understand the pain and i'm like it's got it i mean it's not just the age of course but in my mind i'm gonna say it's just the age uh so what's funny so i finally did match with somebody yeah like, okay cool and i'm you know like if i match like i don't really even talk to them that much and in this case the message i mean i was like this person must have just like randomly swiped because we had nothing in common like i i don't even know why in the world we would have matched you know like sort of i don't everything all her interests were like exact opposite things i like so the message i sent her was just kind of like i'm like oh maybe be friends because you are like kind of like totally different than me that'd be cool right so the message i sent her was very short and it was just oh look we have nothing in common what a thrill but i wasn't saying sarcastically Uh uh-huh but i guess it might have come out that way because my follow-up text was going to be Oh, I don't, you know, like obviously I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be romantic, but I think we could be friends maybe, blah, 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 right? Uh-huh. In the time that it took me to write that second text, she had already dematched me and said, with that attitude, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, oh, burn. Damn. I was like, I'm sorry. So now I'm like, okay, so I guess you can't be sarcastic off the bat. You can. Like, it it, it you was can, a thrill. But... It was a thrill for me because I was like, it's, it is actually exciting to match with somebody who is so far afield from what I would naturally even know. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I would actually want to talk to you because you are into these things. I have no idea what you're talking about. And I'm like, that's a great, great friend candidate. Yes, but you but lost I approached it. it <laughs> I, I approached it wrong. But I just wanted to tell you the news that I finally matched. Thank you. That's great. The streak is broken. Yeah. 
And was it a swipe? Was it a desperate swipe or up to? I didn't get to ask. To I was going to ask her. I was going to ask her. I was going to be like, "Yo, like, what made you swipe? Because we're so different." I want just you yeah, know, I wanted to come cool through the follow up analysis. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> we can't talk anymore. Um, but you matched, huzzah! Thank you. <laughs> what did you have something else to say about Tinder? I always, but no, it can wait till next time. You know, so until our next installment of Tinder Adventures, I think we'll stop about Tinder here. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Um, do you have anything you want to push this week? I do. Um, my friend's friend, Lisa, works for GoPro, and she apparently was working her butt off on this super secret project, and now it's ready. And it's called GoPro Remo, as in remote, and it responds um, to voice commands in 10 different languages, which is pretty cool. The funny thing is some of those languages are just different accents of English, but I mean, the program can't function otherwise. Like Australian English, British English, US English, uh, Japanese, whatever, whatever. So I didn't play with it myself, but it was at a barbecue. I saw other people play with it. Um, It was pretty cool and it was a huge project. So if you're a GoPro fan or in general, uh, check it out. And I think the one more cool thing about this person in particular, Lisa, is that she... um, a lot of her videos for GoPro are not extreme sports. It's like they're cool examples of how you can use a GoPro in everyday life. Like, oh, she put it on her mom's head when she was baking. Like, that was that's awesome, etc. So that's my uh, endorsement for the week, John. I think you should GoPro while you're dating. So oh, I, I thought watch. about that. <laughs> Stream it to me. <laughs> extreme. <laughs> I just want to follow you on these dates. Um, so my recommendation is uh, sort of like the the dummy series of books. Hmm. I have been reading business books, and it might be a topic in a future episode, but I've been, you know, I was like, how am I going to learn about, for example, like accounting or something else? I was like, I could go on the websites, I could do all kinds of things, and I sort of forgotten that uh, these these things are made to give you the 101, right? The dummies mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the dumb things I actually write for rough guides. But anyway, the point is that you know, like buying these things have actually really helped because it's the Cliff Notes version of these things, you know? And it's, of course, not detailed, but like you can go online and like, because I think we kind of start thinking that we don't need the physical sort of like organized guide or these I kind of, I just go online on YouTube for everything now. Mm-hmm. But like having that series of books is very helpful. So I'd like to recommend if you want to learn something, go pick up, you know, the Quick Dummies Guide, even though it's the most basic and start from there. And I think it's like a good place to start from the 101 level. Yes, dummy guides. Those are so good. I almost forgot about them. You've used them before? Yeah, I've, my dad has acquired a, a number of them throughout um, my, my whole life. So. Yeah, they're handy. Yeah, he usually wants us to read them, but they're great. Uh, yeah, but you're right. You for, they're like not enough love. They don't get enough love nowadays because people just look it up online. That's so true. Yeah, I haven't seen one in so long. I was like, wow, let me just order some. And I, I'm enjoying reading them because they're short and they're basic and that's exactly what I want. I would 100% agree with your endorsement. I can't wait to tell you more about, you know, accrual accounting next week. No, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a real thrill. Um, <laughs> but non-sarcastically or sarcastically. Oh, yeah, right. Non-sarcastically. Wait, what a thrill. <laughs> Shit, that's the problem. I'm using it wrong. All right, so we're going to wrap up there. Thanks for coming to the second episode of The Redo. And we'll be back in a couple weeks. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.